All right, week 10 is in the books. I'm married. I just had to throw that out there. Um, I got a win. I'm married. Yeah, that was week the best 10 part is in the weekend. What, the win? Yeah. Yeah, I will say it's nice being seven and three, but uh, no, I'm joking. Dana, Dana, if you're listening to this, I love you very much. But uh, it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. Good football. Good. Uh, good seeing you. It was a fun recording the little roundtable. Mm-hmm. Me, you, Steph and Phil. I wished Brian and Nick would have joined us, but they were too busy sleeping off the night before. But Brian did join. Is. I don't know if you listened oh, yeah, to I it. Yeah, I missed it. Brian, Brian did join the last about fifteen to twenty seconds. Uh, we did some, we did some underdog bets or some, uh, no, some bets with. Uh, they both took, uh, both Steph and Phil took the Cowboys, which ended up being a loser. So we will not be asking them to return for the bets. Yeah, and what did you pick for me? I did pick the Seahawks as the underdog because you said you were going to tell me your pick, and then you just never did. Uh, yeah, so I kind of just fault. I threw out. So it doesn't count on your official record. You'll still I be appreciate two and that. Out. It doesn't count on my official record because I was two and one. Um, so yeah, but yeah, yeah great weekend, uh, great wedding. A terrible football on Sunday for my sake. Um, I lose again, and we're gonna have to go on a, uh, a streak here at the end because the playoffs—it's not looking too good. It's this is a f- cool week every week, and this is just a cool league in general. It's just—it seems like every single week, it, everyone needs to win. Everyone is just scrapping right above that uh, sixth place line. So we're gonna go over the matchups right now. And let's get to it. All right, let's dive into our matchups. First matchup, going over Rum Runners. Ronnie B takes a dub. Goes six, uh, five and five, sixth place over Team Mercier. We were really down on this matchup because we were looking at Melvin Gordon, Darrell Henderson. I mean, both almost scratched 10 points, but kind of expected out of Sam's team, 87, but kind of closer than what we expected. I think we both expected uh, Rum Runners kind of blow out, uh, have a blowout victory. Aaron Rodgers is on the bench. That's just going to be a juggle every single week. Every time we count Aaron Rodgers out, he comes back in. He puts up a good good performance uh, that he had against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Let's go over Nick's. I mean, this was by far his best performance of the year. Yeah. Like it wasn't even close. Was it his first? Per- it's got to be his first and only performance over twenty points. Yeah, it looks like it yeah, is. His first performance over seven sixteen points. So yeah, I think uh, about Nick's team. Just this was one with his three best players. Yeah, um, McCaffrey, Jones, and Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek only had 13 points, which is very low for him, especially in a really good matchup against the Browns. Uh, I think he had a late touchdown. Uh, yeah, he only had five catches for 44 yards and had a late touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones was huge in this game. Um, did he – he scored a rushing touchdown? Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Yeah, 24 yard or carries for 140 yards. Just a monster. Just Yeah, which is – that's a really good – Dallas defense, which is you know kind of surprising, but Christian McCaffrey for the most part was kind of um, was kind of contained until I think he got yeah he had his, his touchdown was in the third quarter, um, and he only rushed fourteen times for thirty eight yards, only four catches, and the Chargers after the game kind of talked about their defensive game plan and how that was their you know their best one of the year, which I do agree with, uh, where they really contained him, Debo and George Kittle. But um, well, actually, you're missing a big component of that. The only reason why he was 
he didn't get as many carries as he did. It was with Elijah Mitchell. I think out, uh, Elijah Mitchell out touched him that game. I want to say Elijah Mitchell had. Yeah, I think he had fifteen. Uh, he had fifteen. So that that is probably now the growing concern out of the Christian McCaffrey camp is Elijah Mitchell uh, was first true game back. He stepped into the role that he kind of left. That's very surprising um, considering how Elijah Mitchell came into the Niners backfield coming off an injury mm-hmm. with the uh, Raheem Mostert. Was it two years ago or last year when he kind of jumped, jumped on the scene? So if in this game, 22, 16, kind of low scoring game, I would say, but both running backs were efficient. Uh, you're looking at the weeks before when they were playing against the Rams and you saw Christian McCaffrey kind of go off. Mm-hmm. If this isn't, it's not his whole backfield. He's, he's not going to be the only, uh, the only uh, back there taking all the carries. Elijah Mitchell's definitely going to play, but with all that in the scope, I'm still, if I'm Nick, I'm happy with 15.7. It's still yeah, a great point, point score. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that every week from him. And it's kind of like what I touched about earlier, like when McCaffrey got dealt. Like I know he had that huge game against the Rams, but I do feel like they're going to try to keep him fresh as much as possible by still, but still using him in like red zone opportunities so that when they hit the playoffs, like it's going to be full Christian McCaffrey. And using Elijah Mitchell as well, of course. But I think that they are going to take so much of a pro, uh, just a cautious approach because they're not going to want to overuse Christian McCaffrey going into the playoffs. I know they're only, what, five and four? But yeah. they do have a very good team and they have a lot of offensive weapons. The NFC is just weak in general. Mm-hmm. So I do think the division is, is not great. The Rams aren't making the playoffs. The Cardinals most likely won't make the playoffs. And the Seahawks are the Seahawks, which they've been good this year. But I, I still like the Niners to come out of that division. Um, so I, I, I think McCaffrey, this is not – McCaffrey will be – it's not going to be like in Carolina where he gets 10 catches and like 24 rushing attempts. It's going to be – he's going to be used, I feel like, in a very cautious way. And he's going to be touchdown dependent, but yeah, of course, you'll still take sixteen from from C Mac every every. Yeah, week. I think he's just not the necessity. He's just not a necessity. He's a uh, he's part of a really good offense, and he's one of those guys like Aaron Jones, typically on a good offense. He's um, he's just going to get his points. He's going to get his due. And uh, before we wrap up, Nick's team, I just want to give Phil, who was on the episode um, this past weekend, yeah, his yeah, flowers with Amari Cooper right. on the road. Only four point seven. Nick has relied on him at different points, uh, different points of the year. Mm-hmm. He's cashing in at home. Uh, we can kind of go through now. Just we 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 touched on it. Three point two, one point four, eight point nine, four point seven. That's his points on the road. If you're if you if you are Nick and you're setting your lineup, you've got to look at that. He's got on the road against Buffalo. Looks like heading into these big important uh, weeks for Nick, who's kind of on the fringe, battling for a playoff spot. Um, Next four weeks, he's three of them are on the road. So mm-hmm. that yeah. that seems to be a trend, and it seems that it's going to continue. And that's just something Nick's got to watch out for. Uh, let's go over Sam's team. We weren't high on Sam's team to begin with. When we did the analysis of Sam's team, was Jimmy Garoppolo starting quarterback, or was that a late switch? Uh, I think that was a late switch. I think she had Kirk Cousins in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they got essentially the same amount of points, so it yeah. wasn't necessarily too uh, – Big of a switch, but I just noticed that you picked up Odell. So there goes the Odell curse. Now he's zero and three on teams. 
Yeah, well, um, it's it's not hard to fulfill curses like when you run out with Melvin Gordon, Terrell Henderson. Both didn't hit that 10-point. Mike Evans, mm-hmm. kind of a dud game. That offense, they're winning games and they're going to be competitive, but that offense is just a grind. Um, and just kind of uninspiring. Uninspiring matchup, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is kind of he's he's back he had a big week this week 17 points kind of going back to those heavily heavily targeted uh outputs 11 11 targets 10 catches 119 yards no touchdown but still and i was watching obviously i was watching the rams game watched it for a little bit i'm 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 so glad there's other sports going on i hate this rams team but uh rondell moore definitely has been used as um especially in the, with Colt McCoy in the game. He was mm-hmm. heavily involved. Um, Rant's pass rush was getting to him. They were trying to get it out of the pocket. They weren't really going. Um, I don't even know if Greg Dortch was even out there. I think he had some plays out there. But Ron Amore was just – I think he was just used as a necessity, kind of a speedier option um, out of the flat, kind of everything up the middle, quick slants, try to open things up with him, almost using him as, as an extension of the run game. But we'll go over when we talk about uh, a Shane's team uh, – there was just a specific game plan for the Cardinals in that Rams game, and they exploited it. And it was a good, good play by Sam to maybe uh, to roll out Rondell more. But I mean, very she, uninspiring. She, she really needed to. Yeah. If she had the entire Bengals offense essentially, so yeah. um, so they're all on buys. But yeah, Sam's team. I, I don't think we've already kind of said it. It was the battle of the two kind of teams that you know one has three very good players, and the rest are kind of eh, and then. You know the battle against two, the the worst running back uh, duo in in our league, yeah. at least this week. Yeah, definitely this week, and that contributed to the loss. Uh, five and five for run runners in sixth place. Sam is also five and five. She drops seventh. Hottest team in the league, House Targaryen. She is on a four and O heater. She takes the win this week, six and four. She's in second second place. She beats Ken White Walker, who's five and five in third place. Now, when we are all were on that round table dissecting the matchup, I think we were. I, don't, I think we all took um, Phillips' team. I think Steph, Steph. She took herself. Yeah, she did, and what a great pick by her team. She kind of got every one. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's back. What a great game out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was excited as a Michael Pittman fan. Hopefully, that offense was going to rejuvenate. I had a. I. I was hoping. That what was going to happen with the Colts is that they're going to rediscover the run game, which would open up Michael Pittman, hopefully make his uh, targets, make his uh, his looks and the offense a little bit easier. I was right about half of it. Jonathan Taylor definitely was involved. He definitely saw the creases. But I think you touched on it too. Kind of a softer matchup with Vegas. They've been they've been getting scored on all year. But the big one, big one for me is yeah, Jonathan Taylor coming back and and Christian Kirk. I gotta look at his points. It seems like he's either mid to high, mid to high twenties. Yeah, it looks like a first three yeah, there weeks. There are some weeks that were just very bad, but I mean, yeah, he's he's been the focal point in that offense as far as the receiving end. I mean, he has one, two, three, four, six, t- seven touchdowns, um, which is pretty impressive by him, and um, he's definitely Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. Uh, and he is he's put up what is he uh, number seventh overall in, in wide receivers this year so um, you know he, he caught a lot of flack uh, or the Jaguars caught a lot of flack with signing that huge contract in the offseason but it's turned out to be you know extremely um, profitable yeah 
And the same kind of analysis always with Steph's team is how many options she has, not only who she can mm-hmm. start, also on her bench. She, in these matchups, she is kind of lucky because she obviously won the matchup. She had some big outputs, Gino and uh, Jonathan Taylor, Christian Kirk. But looking at her bench, the one that I want to touch on, um, because it was kind of a fascinating matchup, that Eagles-Commanders game and kind of the role that has been sustained and developed with Antonio Gibson. I think there was a lot of the rhetoric with uh, Brian Robinson coming coming back, and especially in that first game where he had that touchdown, he was kind of a um, welcome to the league that Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. was just going to fall by the weight side. But last four weeks, I mean, dropped the stinker that he had uh, week nine against Minnesota. But he had three weeks where he produced 13 points. He was heavily involved, not only still in the running game, um, not really efficient in the running game, but where his bread and butter has been is in the passing game, which I don't think anyone expected, especially with J.D. McKissick there. Uh, Brian Robinson also had a good game. I believe uh, he had over 100 yards. He had a lot of uh, – he touched the ball more than 20 times. Kind of a fun, funky game against Philadelphia where I think everyone was riding off that running attack and it being mm-hmm. viable in that game. But Steph has options. I think that's what we talk about every single week, and especially on this heater that she's going on 4-0 is um, – she is playing the right matchups to win her weeks, but she, if she isn't playing that that right matchup, she still has plenty of options on her bench. Where uh, whether it's the right decision which she makes when she sets her lineup week in week out, it's obviously too tough to call. But she has pieces on her bench that are still producing, and um, that's always nice when you do get the win and then you look at your bench and you can say, ah, no, I still I still was good. If I would have made this move, or would have made not, or if I would not made that move, still would have mm-hmm. pulled out. Yeah, I mean, the entire weekend, all she was talking about was what she should do. She was very trying to second guess herself um, and just try to, like, basically play it out verbally what she was trying. Um, just touching on her team in general, you know, she, was, she wasn't she was sure if she should have played or started Jonathan Taylor because of, you know, next week. Anytime you have a talent like Jonathan Taylor, you just have to start him no matter what. Like, it doesn't matter if he's returning from injury, if he's healthy – and he's going, he's starting, you have to play him. Uh, it doesn't matter if that means dropping Gerald Everett or whoever. Um, it was kind of funny, though, that we talked about how um, durable Dallas Goddard has been, and then, of course, he gets hurt, and now he's out for the next month. Yep. So she will have to look up and see who she <laughs> wants to pick up as a tight end, whether that's Gerald Everett or somebody else. Uh, but I did text her today and asking her if she wanted uh, to make a deal for Cole Komet. So we'll see. Maybe there'll be a, a deal going on there. But I got some fab. I got two tight ends. I might as well pick up Gerald Everett just for the laughs. Yeah, just, just to, for it. Yeah. Just to burn her. Stick right. her. Well, Gerald Everett's also hurt. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Let's but go let's, over to uh, yeah. yeah, let's go to Phillips' team. I mean, of course, we talked his team up and down for weeks and just an absolute stinker across the board except for one specific player who scored half of his points this week. Uh, Justin Fields is the real deal. Um, He just has massive just upside and just easy opponents. It does get a little tougher after this next week. Um, The Jets, the Packers, a bye week, then the Eagles and Buffalo. But if Phillips can kind of use his team, and I know they all basically had really bad weeks this week, except for one player that was on his bench. And we'll talk about that. But if he can kind of sustain 
this whole fields thing and kind of like sustain, like get like the points that we assume that he'll get from his running backs and his receivers. Um, I think, you know, if, if he's there in that championship round and you having Detroit as his matchup, like who he just played. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to see him, you know, it's hard to see him and he's going to make the playoffs. He's only in third place at five and five. Um, but he's just not someone that you're going to want to see in the first couple rounds. Yeah, and I, all his guys that he started this week, they were all the right decisions, just a bad week. But I do want to just touch on CeeDee Lamb. That's who you mm-hmm. alluded to. That was a big trade, the first trade of our league that you made. And I, I know everything's cooking. I know everything's firing. And I just – it just seems weird having him on his bench. And I know – and I know yeah, I mean, uh, if Chris he would have started him over Chris Olave, he would have won. He would have yeah. outscored stuff by two points. Yeah, and he and did it's say hard. that on Instagram. I would just like to say that he definitely. Yeah, thank you was, for the insight on these. Yeah, the inside uh, on his Instagram, he did say something to the effect of why he didn't start CD Lamb or something. He was very just kind of questioning himself, um, and was hoping that AJ Brown would uh, rattle off twenty five plus points, but AJ Brown had the worst week on his team. Yeah, I mean, the looking at Alave the last three weeks, seven targets, nine targets, five targets. He's catching everything in his radius, and not necessarily a bad matchup. But I, the only thing I, I guess I could say about Chris Alave against Pittsburgh was uh, T.J. Watt came back, and that guy is just an absolute like game breaker on defense. And I don't know how well that offensive line has held up this year for Andy Dalton. I don't know mm-hmm. how much that affected it, but on the road against Pittsburgh, they're probably one or two best defensive player in all football is back. That plays a factor. And with CD lamb against, I guess on the road against green Bay, it's a tough one. I'm looking at CD the last couple weeks. He's, he's performed better than, uh, He's performed better than Alave. He was on bye last week, but still heavily involved in week eight against Chicago. It's it's a tough one. It's all revisionist history. It would be interesting yeah. if I was in his his situation, what I would have done there. But yeah, the, plays like that, they kill you. And I think these are, hopefully this will be a lesson for him is if this was one of the main guys he went after in this trade with you to get CD lamb, he was the one that's yeah. like, I got to get him back. I just don't understand why you're not playing him. I don't understand um, why you're putting yourself in a situation where you have to lose weeks because the guys that you went out to go trade for, you're not finding spots to play them on your lineup. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think he, he needs to just play him from now on and just set it, forget it. Don't worry about it. If Chris Olave goes off on your bench, then he goes off on your bench, but CD's a, you know, seasoned veteran, and he is the focal point as far as the receiving part of that offense. And, and him and Dak do have good chemistry, so I would I would definitely just put him in there. And I I doubt Phillips will play matchups again. Um, usually, I feel like after these kinds of situations, you just you you don't want to have to question it anymore. I just just do it and just set it. Yeah, How Shargarian with the win, one twelve. Uh, Ken Walker with the loss, eighty seven. Steph goes to second. White Walker's at third. All right. The cat hashtag claws up versus quarterback sneaks. Blake takes – oh, you're already in first before. So you, you stand you stand in first while a Shane drops the 10th. Um, we talked on Saturday 
uh, about Kyler and his injury. And you were very much, you had a lot on your mind Saturday as you should. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe right after you left, you just immediately picked up Trevor Lawrence and started him um, and just wrote that out, which seemed to be, this is, has, has Kyler hit 21 this year? Um, I think he has. Couple he had, times. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit it. He had. He went twenty five, twenty two, twenty four, uh, three out of the eight weeks. So pretty much, I guess, middle of the road, mm-hmm. middle of the road, uh, point projections that I would have gotten out of Kyler. My, t- uh, I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to carry on with my team, but I'll just kind of yeah, just say it in. flatly. Is my team got carried by Devonte Adams and carried by a Lake. Um, Nick Chubb touchdown. They were getting blown out in that Miami game. One thing I love, love, love about the Browns is that they're still uh, a run-first identity with Jacoby Brissett. They're still going to give Chubb the carries that he needs because he is, um, at this juncture, their most explosive, most best option on offense. So mm-hmm. I got pretty lucky even in a bad game for that touchdown he rolled into. Devontae Adams just... I think he ripped one off for like 48 yards at some random juncture in the game. Mm-hmm. And that was a game that um, they were down. Indianapolis was running the ball. Devin Singletary, every week I tried plugging him in, thinking, you know what, uh, Josh Allen was hurt. Maybe they start running to him. Um, I'm hoping that I saw with last year Devin Singletary that as we got towards the colder times, the uh, colder uh, time of the year later in the schedule they really really relied on the run game they really really li- relied on devil devin singletary not a very impressive game i think he had 40 yards total but he uh yeah fell he had those in. two touchdowns i think yeah. they were both inside the five yeah they were just gross gross touchdowns and w- w- you and i actually play next week mm-hmm. so it'll be fun talking about Cortland sutton first Najee harris but uh Najee hit proje- or uh Cortland sutton hit projections he heavily targeted six six catches for 66 yards. It's just for him, it's I need over 100 yards or I need him for falling to a touchdown. He's only had one touchdown this year. But pretty much junk for junk, that's what we traded for. I think the biggest story, if we want to break down my team, is just what I had on the bench. Uh, it's it's the Kadarius Tony show. I feel like now I, I feel like I have to play him. I was high on him the first week I had him. I joked that I was going to start him. Pulled him out last second. This week, I didn't really think about it. I wanted to roll out Cortland um, just because I made that trade. Traded mm-hmm. Najee. I feel like I had to at least give him the benefit of the doubt and roll him out. But Kandarius Tony is just game breaker. He's he's so good, dude. Uh, he had that big run, I believe, a uh, little end around run. I feel like they're going to just find ways to give him the ball. He got that touchdown. And unfortunately, you don't want to wish injury on any player. Cause, and, and I was... Um, I was in Palm Springs before I left to get on the road and we had the Chiefs game on on the TV and I'm walking, I'm about to walk out the door and I turn around and I'm like, I'm going to watch this play. And of course it was the Juju Smith play and it, oh, oh my yeah. God, it just you made me demolished. feel just, just demolished. And it was just so, it was so horrible, but these things, these injuries happen. You can't, you can't plan on it. It can be a horrible uh, head injury like that, or it can be a high ankle sprain or anything. Um, but with his injury down, Darius Tony's obviously going to be a benefactor out of that. Raheem Mostert, it, it, I know that who's part of that trade. It's going to be tough with Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson Jr. still played great, but maybe that's going to be a situation both those guys can feed. And I talked about in the last matchup, Brian Robinson. He 
he had an absurd amount of carries. I think it was over 20 carries. Mm-hmm. And um, he rolled in for a touchdown as well. He's got Houston next week. Houston is the worst rush defense in the NFL. I have some tough decisions next week, but I pulled out the win, 110. Um, any quick hits on my team? Um, no, not really. I mean, we you didn't really talk about him, but Michael Pittman getting eight. Um, you know, Michael Pittman has just been a struggle this entire season, uh, and they've been going back and forth with quarterbacks and he did have what was it? Eight targets, nine, nine targets. targets. Um, and I think it's starting to get down to where you have to decide between Pittman, Sutton, and Tony now, and and choose two of those, or maybe just one of those to start in your wide receiver spot. Isn't it crazy that I still have Brandon Cooks on my team? Like yeah. how high I was at the beginning of the year, and I and I was. Uh, I don't know what the strategy is before you get into the waiver wire about uh, dropping guys. I see in our league, I believe you made some drops. You're like, no one's going to pick them up. Let me drop them before. But Brandon Cooks is still at that spot for me. I mean, I look at him and I look at Adam Thielen. Brandon Cooks is having such a worse season than Adam Thielen. But, man, mm-hmm. it just kills me to drop him because he's still heavily involved. But just that team is just bad. They're not scoring. His uh, targets aren't worth this, the same amount of targets that um like a guy like Kadarius Tony is, but just just tough situations and yeah, I agree. I I got some decisions to make next week. Mm-hmm. Uh let's head over to Shane's team. Um just a whole bunch of nothing except for Justin Jefferson. Uh anytime you get thirty points from Justin Jefferson, you would think that you you're you would be at least close to your opponent, but I mean, no one on this team really did much. I mean, Jalen Hurts, even 22 points, um, wasn't anything crazy. That was a weird game on Monday night. But, um, yeah, nothing really to say about his running backs. Just once again, starting both David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, it's just it doesn't make any sense. You have a starting running back in James Conner, and we can say, oh, he scored 22 points. It's easy. You know, you should have easily put him in there. I get kind of being wary about James Conner. But if he is for sure starting, there's no reason why Khalil Herbert should start over yeah. James Conner. Um, yeah, and I t- and I touched on it. Uh, I touched on it a little bit. I mean, I still wasn't high on James Conner, but James Conner always finds a way to produce against the Rams. He mm-hmm. um, Rams struggle struggle against the rush. That's the only thing to kind of really limit Aaron Donald is either uh, use his aggressiveness to get to the quarterback against him by just um, rushing around him, rushing outside. But James Conner usually always finds a way to uh, take advantage of the Rams. And But no, I agree with him keeping on the bench. But and with Khalil Herbert, he's out. He's on the IR now. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to be out for the year. That's one of those rare for to me, or for uh, a Shane addition by subtraction with that yeah, injury. True. It's going to help out David Montgomery. It's going to shore up that, that Chicago running game. But it's... Still, I mean, we just talked about the Justin Hurts, not Justin Hurts. Excuse me. Um, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, Fields, that mm-hmm. he is the running game right yeah, now. Really I, I I don't even know. I don't even think there's enough room to uh, to pass that ball, pass that ball to David Montgomery. But maybe with his injury, they can start focusing on more of a two-headed monster with Fields and Montgomery. But yeah, just a lot of nothing and. Debo Kittle, I think that's just a product of just 
how much in the driver's seat and how comfortable the Niners felt about utilizing the run game against the Chargers. Yeah, but they were down the entire game. Like both Debo and George really didn't do anything until the second half when that's when the Niners took the lead. Um, Debo was very just kind of non-existent. The guy that actually did the most was Brandon Ayuk. We didn't really touch on him um, on Nick's team. But still not he, great though. He, he only had, had nine points. Yeah, but he had eighty-four yards. So yeah, that's that's a lot for a, a Niners uh, wide receiver. I feel like that's not and like something that's just. Um, I feel like their wide receivers. If you get eighty yards, like that means that that you're they're probably down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like just in general they had a good game plan. The Chargers did as far as kind of limiting some of those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Shane's team and he'll be the first to say it. He, he knows that it, he's in, in danger mode right now as far as trying to make a move for the playoffs, but you just have to be, you just have to use, get those matchups. I just, and, and also starting the week down <laughs> point, uh, negative point five, uh, to zero by using two of your players, especially a starting running back, you know, the, 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 Chances of you winning are, are very, very uh, slim. Yeah, and he lost. So he's 4-6, and 10th place. I am alone on the mountaintop, 7-3, first place. The notorious Trey, 4-6, and six, gets the dub against LA Bash Bros. This is another matchup I think a lot of us in the roundtable were taking you. I believe I faded you. I think I took the notorious, yeah. and I think you were super happy. And I was right. Uh, I don't know... I don't, I mean, we had a lot going on that day, but we had a lot going on that day, but this is just a bad matchup. There's just gross 103 91, both low scoring. The only thing I want to touch on with you and kind of get the dialogue going is just the Justin Herbert discussion and having Dak on your bench. Another down week. Yeah. When is, when is enough? When is enough (laughs) enough for you starting Justin Herbert? I know Phil was, was saying Dak was going to have a better week than Herbert, which he was correct. I I will say that I love the start that the Chargers had in the first drive. I think Herbert had seven points on his first drive. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is perfect. Especially not really using Eckler that much in the first drive. But, um, yeah, I, I looked, I saw today that both Keenan and Mike Williams practiced, which is nice. Um, and they have a big game next Sunday night against the Chiefs, where Herbert, I feel like, usually plays well. Mm-hmm. I will not start Herbert unless both of those guys are probably back. Yeah. Um, because I, and, and it might take a while for those two to get kind of, you know, in, in the offense as well, but. The Chiefs don't really have a great defense. I mean, it's good, but it's nothing special. The Niners do have a good one. Um, and I just the, – the Packers on the road, also with Dak, like that was a weird – I mean, they came out to a 28 – or they, they were up 28-14 and Dak looked good. Um, but I don't know. It was one of those where I'm glad it really didn't um, like make a difference. I mean, it would have came closer and it would have probably – it would have you know really sucked if – uh, I did do the switch and I saw Devonte Smith, you know, walk into the end zone and then that would have crushed me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Herbert in general, like it's, it's one of those things. I need both of those guys back, not just one, but you know, both to actually be back in the offense. And I think you're in a good position too. Like you mentioned, big game against the chiefs next week. They're not out of it. They're still a playoff team. They have uh, aspirations and getting those guys back on top of this team still trying to win. They're mm-hmm. not in a situation where they want to limit Herbert. They're not going to take him out of the lineup. They're going to change their game plan to protect him. They're they're still in win mode. So 
I can see the logic behind that. But yeah, I think just the weapons in general, you got to get them. It's they've shown this year they're struggling without their two biggest weapons, and it was evident this week against the Niners. Cole Komet, you talked about it. Well, I feel like we've been talking about Cole Komet as a tight end and like a viable tight end for like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Last two weeks, he's really coming on. I feel like he's just that perfect safety valve and just for Justin Fields when things aren't working either on the run game or just him in general. That offense is just really predicated on Justin Fields' legs and Cole Komet in the end zone. And yeah, I, I actually don't think right. I think they actually are opening it up to more. He's not a safety valve anymore. Like they are running design plays for Cole commit, which is nice to see because he caught a 50 yard catch, which was yeah. just like a bootleg. And he was just wide open on like the 25 caught it and just ran it easily into the end zone. So they're running plays for him finally, which is nice to see when like, you know, players coming out of college where you know they have talent instead of just getting stuck on a team and just not producing anything. Yeah. Um, actually, like, having plays designed for them in his last two weeks, or his last three weeks, he has five total touchdowns um, and 15 total targets. So he is definitely someone that is him and Mooney both have been kind of um, getting a lot more comfortable in that offense and get seeing way more targets than originally thought but he is not someone that i will probably i'm gonna keep him unless i can trade for him because mark andrews's health is still kind of up in the air um but he is someone actually like looking at my team because now my team has fallen apart with cooper cup yeah i was her. gonna say uh they play the falcons next week which you know he he could be a possible flex option i really don't like doing double tight ends but you know cole Komet has been back-to-back 20 point weeks and if Mark Andrews is fully healthy, then that could be a flex option. Yeah, and you touched on a Cooper Cup. Uh, you losing him, you losing your first-round pick, that's just going to be back-breaking. Um, yep. I think with Elijah Mitchell coming back, we saw him being heavily evolved. You have some options that maybe keep you afloat, but you're in a tough spot. You're four and six. You're in ninth place. Let's go over Trey's team. Josh Allen. Wait, what a, wait, wait. Uh, I'm not done with my team. I oh, have some okay. frustrations to, All to right, take let out, it out here. Um, my, both my running backs, um, good players. They have talent. Um, I know you've been, you, you know, had your frustrations with Najee. This was Najee's best game on the ground this year uh, by far. Oh, um, easily. Yeah, easily. And, his best game. and it is frustrating to see him have two one-yard line opportunities and the first one was a jet sweep to for george pickens to run it into the end zone and then kenny pickett qb sneak it in Um, and it wasn't like it was on the goal line it was like the one and a half yard line which is like rarely you ever see that uh those are just frustrating plays to where you're just like you gave him the ball 20 times and like you need to reward him with a touchdown he only has one this entire year on the ground reward him with the touchdown so that was frustrating to watch DeAndre Swift, who has an extreme amount of talent, I think everyone can say that he has that, only got six carries once again. And the one time that he got a carry was, I believe, on the 10-yard line, and he scored a 10-yard touchdown with ease. I, I don't understand. I understand that they were down. At some point, they were up by, or they were tied. Um, you need to give your talented players the ball. And, I mean, Jared Goff, I understand that they're in an offense to where they're kind of just, like, slinging it around. Then use DeAndre Swift in the passing game. He only had one catch for six yards. You just have to – you have to give – and they said earlier this week 
We're gonna we're gonna give DeAndre more opportunities. Complete lie. Dan Campbell, trash head coach. Um, you just need to give him the ball more, and and, and it just shows inside the ten yard line. His kind of his kind of athleticism, his dynamic playmaking. He scored a ten yard touchdown, and he he only ran for six yards. So. Yeah, it was frustrating to watch. They also had the ball on the one-yard line, um, and they gave it to Jamal Williams, which I understand that he is the the one-yard line guy. But, I mean, Justin Jackson is getting is getting carries, all this stuff. And it's just like, unless DeAndre Swift has, you know, his shoulder is out, like how it has been, I feel like, early on this year, you know, injured all the time, you, you, I feel like you just have to give your running back the ball way more than what they're currently doing now. Yeah. I I just look at I look at just your your trades this year DeAndre Swift Najee Harris um, the Najee one I'm not too upset with only because I did, I just did not want Cortland Sutton on my team anymore and sure Raheem yeah. Mostert would have been nice the the Swift one it, it would have is hurting now because Cooper Cup is out and like that would have been a perfect like okay just like I'm gonna put C D Lamb and DeAndre and like I'm not missing a beat right now that mm-hmm. Cooper Cup is out. I, I, I'm hurting. Like it's, it's going to be a struggle. Like luckily Terry McLaurin has looked really good as of late with Taylor Heineke. And I will, I mean that trade, I've actually completely won that one. Um, and I will use him with Deandre Hopkins next week, but yeah, I, I just don't know where to go with when you, when you lose someone like Cooper cup, who is my consistent 20 points a game. Um, and all I needed from Cooper cup this week was, 13 just points, a Cooper, 14 a, a Cooper four. Cup game. Yeah, just a regular Cooper Cup game, um, which I was very kind of like on the fence with going into it because I knew that Stafford wasn't going to play. So it was one of those where it's just like un- unlucky when it came to that. But yeah, I, I'm in I'm in danger mode as well, and I, I need to have a victory against you. And I know that you have a lot of decisions, so I'm hoping, and we'll get into it in the next couple of days, but. I'm hoping that uh, there's a lot of second guessing because you, you did make a decision the first time we played that came back to bite you in the ass. Um, so what I'm hoping is for you to get in your own head. Yeah, well, one person that didn't have to make any decisions really this week with their matchup was uh, the Notorious. Josh Allen, Austin, S- Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, that threesome, uh, mm-hmm. decent. Austin Eckler kind of struggled, didn't anywhere near his projections. I don't know how well, how efficient he was on the ground. Only no, six, really six bad on the ground. Yeah, he only had six attempts. He had seven catches. Luckily, he has that safe floor with his, uh, with his passing ability. But Chris Godwin game, finally here. Yeah, we've been, I mean, we've been. I really quick. I the name of the, the week. The difference between our week or Trey, Trey's week and my week was was just touchdowns. Um, he had Josh Jacobs score a touchdown. They actually gave him the ball inside the five after running really well the entire game, unlike Najee Harris. Chris Godwin, first touchdown all year. Devontae Smith, touchdown on his birthday. And then Drake London getting a touchdown um, on Thursday night. So just having if, – if Trey is getting touchdowns from Drake London, Devontae Smith, and Chris Godwin, I'm going to lose. Like there's it, just yeah. – it's just – and. You know, and, and if you were to tell me, though, that Josh Allen had under 20, Austin Eckler had under 10, I would have been like, oh, I probably won that matchup. So, yeah, it was very weird week by Trey. I mean, he still only scored 103, but it was enough to, to beat my team. Yeah. And um, not much really going on Drake London. We we talked about that because that was Thursday night game. But mm-hmm. one surprising one, I think Phil was super, super high on us, Tony P. 
left him on the bench. Was Zeke uh, out that entire game? No, I don't think so. I think he I was think he involved played, a little though. bit. No, Zeke has really? zero points. Mm. I, see, I didn't way. know. I didn't I had no idea. Okay, so he was inactive on Sunday. So yeah, okay. I, I had no so idea that he was scratch, inactive. Maybe? Perhaps I didn't know that he was trending that way. Um, but we talked about. You said this on Saturday. You know, if if you, for instance, if you're not sure if someone, for instance, if he if he knew going in that Zeke was going to be out. You're going to want that flex spot to be open. So you would want to mm-hmm. either, if you want to play Drake London over Devontae Smith, all for it. If you just want to leave that, you know, kind of blank so that you can kind of do whatever you like with a flex. But if you know that Tony P is going to be the bell cow essentially in that backfield, then yeah, I feel like you kind of have to leave that flex spot open because you're not going to start him over Jacobs or Eckler. Yeah. No. And I, uh, I think Drake, Drake London over Tony P, if you know that Zeke's not playing, I think, uh, if he had the flexibility, I think Trey would have done Tony P if those, both those guys play on Sunday, but just he, he, he it didn't bite him this week, mm-hmm. but when every decision counts come playoffs, that's just a lesson that uh, Trey's going to have to understand. It's just making sure that he, he keeps that flex spot open on, on Thursday and then he doesn't burn it on that Thursday night matchup. But like I said, didn't burn him this week. He got the win one Oh three 91. Uh, you guys are both four and six. You are in ninth. Trey is in eighth. All right. Our matchup of the week, the ghost of Forte against official boys. Phil has finally broke the curse. The Kenny Pickett curse has finally been lifted. Thanks to literally, I think everybody on his team, I feel like scored a touchdown. Uh, besides Stephon Diggs, but still had 19 points. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we've talked about Phil's team and how we both think that it, it is a very solid team, very good. I think a, a kind of a sleeper to kind of contend with Phillips, your team, and Steph. Um, if you were to ask me who the top four teams are, I think it would be those four. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think how I'd order them. I um, I would order them... I would go. I'd go Phillips team. I would go the Henry, Etn, uh, Walker combo. I'd put them one. Mm-hmm. I would put Phil's team second. I would because too. We'll, yeah, we're gonna go over this matchup, and I think what puts Phil second right now is just the emergence of Jeff, Jeff Wilson Jr. and you just gift wrapping him. And then uh, I would take him to Phil. Well, okay, but. Then I, I would I take my team prior to oh, here getting we go. traded. I dropped him prior to getting traded, and he did. Yeah. He got like five snaps when Christian McCaffrey had like twenty against the Rams. So I was thinking, like, well, why do I have him on my team when Elijah Mitchell's coming back? What's the, what's the purpose? He had four four snaps for fourteen against the Rams. Didn't play much. Was thinking, all right, he's done. And then yeah. Phil smartly picked him up. I'd put Phil second. I would put me third. I feel like my team's a little bit more consistent than Steph's and then Steph's fourth. But Phil's team, everyone everyone either hit projections, blew their projections out of the water. Uh, Tua is probably the most consistent at this juncture in the season. Most consistent, like 25 points quarterback. I mean, there's obviously like Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about on Brian's side, who is more of that upper echelon or even Josh Allen. But even I think right now, two of the weapons that he has, um, Tyreek late, late touchdown. Um, 
Jalen Waddle really wasn't that much involved. He was still involved, but he did it even without those major outputs from those two guys. But mm-hmm. he still has a host of weapons. He's accurate. Every throw is just on the money. It seems like right now it's more of a surprise when he doesn't make a completion. And uh, he's just a great he's a great fantasy quarterback. He's one of those great uh, those teams that win leagues when uh, either they had a quarterback drop out or they didn't heavily invest in a quarterback and they were able to make the savvy move by picking him up midway through the season. Dalvin Cook continues to produce. We still love Saquon Barkley. He hits projections every single week. Stephon Diggs, like you mentioned, didn't hit that touchdown, but he's he's the focal point on a really good offense, and what a great game that was, that Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, Bills game. Gabe Davis, I think for me right now, when, I, when I'm looking at Phil's team, I see those first four guys I talked about. But kind of what sets Phil's team over the top is just the Gabe Davis. Did he hit a touchdown? Did he get an? Did he break one off for like seventy-five yards? Um, if that hits, it's pretty. It's pretty unstoppable in Phil's team. And then now, the addition of Jeff Wilson Jr., who, who we all had expectations. I know you had high, high expectations of Chase Edmonds coming into this year, dynamic running back on a mm-hmm. team. That was carrying over a uh, uh, a running scheme from the Niners that we have seen year after year, be, year after year be so successful, and I mean you completely miss on Chase Edmonds, but now we're getting Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert to pass 49er guys now into this offense. We're seeing that the running game's cooking up. There's points plenty for. Uh, that Miami backfield and Jeff Wilson Jr. the last two weeks has just been an extreme beneficiary of it. Yeah, that that team, if you have anybody on that team, whether it's Tua, the running backs, or the wide receivers, you're getting points. Still not really high on the tight end spot, but um, yeah, I mean, that offense is, is one of the most fun ones to watch. Um, but Phil has Ramondish Stevens on this bench. I can't see Jeff Wilson being a starter on his team, um, unless of course injury or a buy, which is a good problem to have because it's your insurance. Um, so, I mean, a lot of players on Phil's bench, it's, you know, Madison, Dylan, Higby, Edmonds, and an extra kicker. I think you can honestly drop all uh, four of those five, like Madison, you should probably keep, but um, yeah, Phil's got, a, Phil's got a solid team. There's uh, he's, you know, he has a team to where, Feel like everybody that is playing on his team has an offense that is that is running pretty smoothly, or they're a focal point of that offense. So like, the Giants' offense isn't really like fun to watch, but Saquon's the focal point, and he is he's the only fun part of that offense to watch. Um, Dal- Dalton Schultz had a good game, and Phil knows the Cowboys better than anyone. Um, and you know he's I feel like he always talks about Dalton Schultz whenever he can. He kind of get he fits it in his narrative, but. Phil's got a solid team. He still has T. Higgins on the bench too. So it, it's going to be basically every week probably a decision between Gabe Davis and T. Higgins as far as matchup. And then you have Ramondre in there as the flex. And he's, and you're good to go. I, I really There's not too many weaknesses here. Phil loves to stream random defenses. Uh, but the Seahawks defense this year is fifth overall in, in uh, fantasy purposes, which is pretty good. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's got a team to where I feel like it's very strange when Phil loses. I feel like his team just absolutely shits the bed. 
and you're kind of like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Like he has all of these players that are really good, and then when he has these weeks, you're like, oh yeah, this is a team that can that could win. I um I touched on it a lot when I drafted my team beginning of the year was just like I want studs. I want like names that are just like. I see him on red zone and I look at his team and I, I see that I see that mm-hmm. with those top four guys and you're going to get them every week. Uh, you're going to get the red zone uh, alert that one of them walked into a touchdown or they're showing off Tua and his, and Ramon, his passing Steve attack. Stevenson too. I think he's another yeah. one in the red zone. Like that's just, that's just a perfect situation too with uh, new England running backs. So there's always, there's always uh they're always running it in. They're always utilizing that in their offense and mm-hmm. Phil's got a good team. Uh, it's a scary team. It, the records are all still very close in this league. Anything can happen. Someone can sneak in. One of these top four teams that we think that are that are kind of separated from the rest may may potentially fall out of it. But there's a lot of teams that are sneaky, and there's a lot of teams that um, you you want to kind of hide away from. One of those teams that was that we talked about a lot, who was on a, a heat of their own, was Fisher Boys. He's also five and five. He's fourth place, and Kind of down week, 94 points. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Patrick Mahomes, 31 points against Jacksonville. He kind of was just cooking all all, all game. Game kind of slowed down. I believe they got off to an early start. I want to say they scored in their yeah, first they were, few I drives. Think they were up 14-0 uh, sometime Quick. in that early second. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Isaiah P- Pacheco, whatever, took over that game. So it kind of slowed him down. Could have probably had a bigger game, but just the way that that game script went. Damian Pierce, kind of a down game, but still Damian Pierce is just one of those rare, rare, really good talents on a bad team where he's still going to get involved. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey continues to evolve, uh, continue to be involved. Jake Miles Sanders, where are we at? I mean, it doesn't matter because I'm going to say that it's a, a typical Miles Sanders game, and then next week he's going to rip off 100 yards of a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a solid Miles Sanders. This, and I will say this, and it's not to be a shot at Brian at all. This is a team that I'm not sure who's going to sneak in over it. I just have a feeling that the official boys might miss the playoffs. Okay. I mean, the one team's going to have to have to probably drop. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know who's going to go in. I mean, my team's kind of banged up. I don't know if I can sneak in. Um, and it's either – it's basically – I think the five teams – vying for that that last spot are going to be Sam of course it's Sam Nick myself Trey and then I think it's official boys and you're also missing run runners and run runners so one two did I say is that six that's um, we have seven teams that are we have a uh, we have from third to seventh we have all those teams are tied at five and five so yeah, one so, so yeah. two out of the last uh, seven teams um, are going to make it. So official boys, rum runners, Sam's team, Trey's team, my team, quarterback sneaks. So that's yeah. six. So out of out of those six teams, two are going to make it. Four are going to drop out. Um, I I do think official boys. I'm not sure of the schedule, so it kind of depends on that too. Yeah. But I look at Brian's team, and it didn't seem like Jerry Judy's injury was that serious. Um, oh, I hope it's serious for Corbin Sutton's sake. <laughs> uh, Angle re- revealed a mild injury Monday, and he isn't expected to miss extended time. So he might be out one week, um, perhaps two, if not, maybe not at all. But I don't like a lot of his his bench 
like I don't I still don't understand why Robert, Robert Woods is on the bench. I still <laughs> don't understand why someone like Evan Ingram is on the bench. Darnold Mooney is a decent pickup. Say Jones, decent pickup. But yeah, I, I don't understand it. And and you know, this league we we always talk about the, the extra options, extra players that you have, perhaps trying to package some. You know, if Jerry Judy misses time, like he's got to hope that he picks up a good wide receiver. Or I, I don't think you can really trust George Pickens to have an end around touchdown every week um, to where he gets you points. So I think this is a is a little bit of a concern. Like if if I'm looking at Brian's team right now, or if I'm Brian, I'm looking at my team and I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit concerned about Alvin Kamara. The last couple of weeks have been. It's just it's a little too inconsistent for someone of Alvin Kamara's talent. Damian Pierce is talented, but he does not get touchdowns. He's someone that like runs a lot, and that offense just is bad. It does not move the ball very well. DK is still DK, so I will say that I think that you can, you know, you actually looking at DK stats though. So let's go over DK stats. The last five weeks, okay, and I like to look at just kind of consistency across the board. Arizona, four points. Chargers, two points. He did get banged up, and he left the game. Came back the next week. Two touchdown-dependent games. Like, those aren't stats where you're looking at six for 55, and you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of concerning. But he did have a touchdown. Arizona, five for 37. Eh, But he did have a touchdown. And this past one, uh, did he have a fumble? No, he didn't. Never mind. I, I took the back. Sorry. 71 yards, which was good for him. Um, but they were playing catch up a lot of the time to where they were just throwing the ball all over the place the last half. So I don't know. I am kind of concerned if I'm Brian uh, and I'm not. And I'm going to say it. I, I'm not going to rely on Miles Sanders to to score me 10 to 15 points every week and, and be consistent yeah. in that aspect. So I do think Brian has a good team. But I would not be surprised, depending on who he plays, if he drops out and finishes probably maybe seventh. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. There's one team that's got to leave. He's the uh, when I'm looking at his when when I'm looking at his team. It seems like the ooh see okay. So I'm gonna say what. So he's lost his last three games. Okay. Yeah. His next four opponents. This is a big one this week. He plays a Shane. So that's basically a team that's trying to catch up to him. Then he plays you. Then he plays yeah. me. Then he plays Nick. So those are four matchups. Three out of those four are teams that are trying to catch up to him to where if he has another one of those 80, 90 point weeks, yeah, it's going to be hard. Well, we're going to have to find out. He got the L this week. Biggest uh, upset, biggest loss of the week, 94-151. Both teams are 5-5. Five and five. Goes to Forte's fifth. Fisher Boys at fourth. 